welcome to the corner of the round table. Uh, Minga, how are you? Good, Minga. How are you? Yeah, not bad. How you going? Yeah, good. How you going? Not bad. Uh, how you been? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good. How you been? Yeah, not bad. You all right? Yeah, I'm good. How you going? Yeah, pretty good. How are you, Tish? Good, thank you. Welcome back. Thank yeah, you. How, how you going? Pretty how, good. How are you? <laughs> good, thank you. How are you going? Yeah, good. How are you going? Pretty good. Bingo. Good to have you back on, Tish. It's good to be back. How, how are you going? <laughs> um, so, let's uh, do a bit of a recap because last weekend was a great weekend for sport. Uh, some smart men, some wise men have said you can't measure an outcome on a possibility. But I don't think that stands when it comes to my shoe-ins and locks of the week. They're sitting at 100% success rate. You have been good, Minga. And the ROI for those, which is the return on investment, is sitting at 112%. So if you put $10 on everyone, you'd have $112. And if you put 100 on everyone, you'd have 1120 That's not bad. There's not, not a single one is lost. So when you say 112%, is that 100? That's just a 12% increase. No, that's f- starting from zero. Okay. <laughs> so you've doubled and 12%. Nah, I s- if you put $10 on... Ev- Do I have to say it again? Let's say it again, please. If, if you put $10 on every single one of them, you'd have $112 in your account. How many have there been? Five. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought there was more like 10. That's why I was confused. No, 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 no. Okay, good stuff, Minga. Let's talk about that Cricket World Cup, shall we? It was pretty good to see Pakistan in the final. It was, not it? How much did we find ourselves caring? Yeah. I don't know if there was any other team besides Australia that could have been in there that would have made me care so much. I mean, it's just, yeah, it was pretty disappointing. I think England, England kind of won it pretty easy in the end, wouldn't you say? I did. There was sort of a little moment during the um, chase where they clawed their way back. Pakistan bowlers clawed their way back. But then um, our man Shaheen Afridi did his knee, their gun bowler. Yeah, I remember that. And then he tried to bowl again, didn't he? Did he, do, did he bowl one ball and then they pulled him off? Yeah, he limped in, bowled a ball. And then, yeah, they took him off. Now, Mingo, I don't know about you, but if you're playing in a World Cup final and you can't bowl because your knee hurts, you'd, I'd be wanting the scans to come back with a very bad injury. Yeah. He's being cleared of serious injury. Yep. That's very suspect. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying it's suspect. I am. Jeez, I didn't think of that. That's a twist. Because they have been known. You think he's a cream? Was him? Was was him a cream? <laughs> was him a cream? Was he match fixed, didn't he? Or is that just a 12th man bit? I don't think was him match fixed. God, that match fixed... I'm pretty sure he ended up dying and his name was... What 
was was in Akram, Pakistani cricketer Tish, did he get done for match match fixing? I'm pretty sure he did. Who were you thinking of? And the guy I'm thinking of, I think, is a South African cricketer called ha, No, Hansi Cronier. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he did. He he did he die? Yeah, he died in a plane crash. Recently? Not recently, but um within the last couple of decades. I've got a feeling the Pakistanis bribed Shane Warne and Mark Wall. I could be wrong. Bribed them. Bribed them. I, I remember a story that Warney said where they got him into like a hotel room and there was a suitcase full of cash <laughs> and he didn't have to do much. Like he just had to bowl a no ball or I don't even think he had to throw a game. He reckons he didn't do, didn't do it. Probably didn't need to. He was probably earning enough cash as it was. But pretty classic that they went to. Is that, is that in his book or something? No, I haven't read his book, so I must have... It'd be in there, though, for yeah, sure. Surely it'd be in there. We could get the toad code on that one. Can you just... I'm still trying to figure out if Wazim Akim was <laughs> fixing... Wazim Akram. Wazim Akram. You got anything on that? Um, I think it's mostly alleged... Oh, so it's been alleged, was he? Or rumours. So was he a crim? Allegedly. <laughs> I'm sure I heard he did. Minga, I but actually, it, yeah. I hope this Afridi bowler was match-fixing. Because if he wasn't, and he couldn't handle a non-serious knee injury in a World Cup final when he only had to bowl two more overs, I think that's pretty poor. Yeah, I mean... Was it the moment getting to him? The pressure? I thought they were going to lift after what happened at Imran. They should have. You know? You'd think they'd ha- have him in the back of their minds. Yeah, you'd think so. Mm. Unless they're not supporters of Imran, you know? Yeah, and they didn't want to win. But it sounds like the guy that shot Imran was like... He, I read that he was quoted saying like, oh no, he's he's ruining Pakistan and... I don't agree with what he's doing. But I don't think he's doing anything that would be bad for Pakistani people. He's doing the complete opposite. So it's clearly one of those situations where the other side of the government that doesn't want him in there has got this guy to assassinate him. A bit like Lee Harvey Oswald. They might have even like drugged him up with LSD or something like that. I don't know if they're still doing that. It's pretty hectic, isn't it? So hectic. And he's a favourite of our show, Imran. Oh. And for him to get shot. He survived, but uh, one of the, someone in the crowd died. Um, got hit by one of the bullets or something like that. An Imran supporter. An Imran supporter died. Yeah. And Imran just got hit in the leg. Uh, which is, yeah, it's hectic news, but we we stand by Imran here. That's for sure. Yeah, we do. Always haven't, always will. Tish, can you look up uh, Pakistan's national dish? Sure. Thanks. Uh, Minga, the thing I was going to bring up about the World Cup final, Ben Stokes. Mm. He's such a good competitor, isn't he? Yeah. Isn't he... uh, Is he Kiwi originally? I think he is, yeah. But I just... I feel like when I watch Ben Stokes play cricket, he's not your standard cricketer. He's like a... He's more of an athlete slash competitor that would probably be good at everything, but cricket's just the game he plays. 
and his competitiveness and the dog in him just gets him over the line often. He's done it in – he did it in a in the 50-over one-day final in I think it was 2000 and 2019. Um, he had that crazy test match against Australia in the Ashes where he did it by himself. And then this game here, he was out of form. It was a final and he just got him over the line. He doesn't play beautiful cricket shots. He's just – he's a little bit angry. He just plays on the edge. He's strong, so he can hit a big ball. He's got a bit of dog about him. He's just got a bit of dog about him. He can and dig. And it's a bit un-England-like because they're known to choke and not have the dog. Yeah. But he is the dog. He was um, pretty unimpressive in the last Ashes series here, though, right? But they all sort of were, weren't they? Yeah, I think he was a bit injured. And they all, they all were unimpressive, but... Did he knock someone out or something? Did he punch someone and get... What was the shit he got? What was the drama surrounding him? Over yeah. in England. He, there's footage of him knocking, he's like getting into a fight out the front of a pub with a couple of people and he knocks one of them out. But I don't really know the, what, the backstory, but he he got off. I think he was sticking up for someone. Okay. It's a pretty hectic knockout. That sounds all above board though. Yeah. Because <laughs> he was, ta- I saw him kind of talking about it like he was super ashamed of it all. Yeah, he's probably ashamed that he, Reverted What's the word there? Reverted to violence Reverted? Yeah Resorted? You could Well I guess if he was reverting to violence He he might have like denounced violence <laughs> And then he's going back to it <laughs> I don't know but Is he, that why That might be why he's so ashamed of himself <laughs> He know, swore he'd yeah. never knock anyone out cold again Yeah Well he did <laughs> um, But yeah Shout out to Stokes Because he's fucking good and who's that little twink, the bowler in that team, um, Sam Curran or something? Yeah. I hadn't seen him before. Do you know who else? He's a he's the left arm yeah. swing bowler. Left arm twink. Left arm twinker. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they – it's shit that they're good. It's shit. They're actually the first ever reigning 50-over and 20-over cricket champions. Oh, Yeah. So, I don't well, know. We were barracking for anyone but them at the start of the yeah. uh, World Cup this year. So, yeah, I'm a big I'm a big Pakistan fan. Did you get that national dish? Yeah, it's called the Nihari slow cooked spiced lamb stew. What, what else? Or there's another thing called biryani, biryani, which is just like a curry um, and roti as well. A bit more on the stew. Slow cooked spiced lamb stew. What else is in it? S- spices. Any um, talk of aromas or stuff on there? There's plenty of spices which would create aromas. I thought it would be more on that sort of Middle Eastern style of food, but it doesn't sound like it. I thought it would just be like Indian. I didn't. It's essentially Indian. But a stew, I've never had an Indian stew. But and uh, So if it... They're next to England, so you'd think if you... Next to India, England? In, uh, India, sorry. Yeah, I guess so. Um, you'd think it'd be similar, but... I don't but know what I was thinking. It's very similar, the, res- the recipe, the ingredients in the recipe. It's the uh, spices. They'd yeah. tr- and it'd travel well if you ordered it on Uber Eats. <sighs> well, it would make it. I stand by it. I think Indian's the best travelling food on Uber Eats. 
or yeah. any any take uh, takeaway wise, if you want to be, have a safe bet, Indian doesn't change much from restaurant to home. How did you find? How did you work that out? Well, a lot of trial and error on Uber Eats mm. in Melbourne. I think got me to where I am now. So I wouldn't order a burger. Soggy bread. The biggest no-no you can get. Yeah. But Indian, safe. So safe. Yeah, see, you being in living in Melbourne, you would you would work those things out, wouldn't you? There were days on there were Sundays in particular where we'd be hungover. And we'd get three to four Uber Eats deliveries a day. You'd go breakfast, lunch, dinner, and then potentially a dessert. It's uh, a great day. And we wouldn't leave, like, our room. <laughs> and the, <laughs> the arguments we'd have would be who's going to the door for the next pickup, and they'd be proper arguments. I'd get abused. <laughs> I fucking went last time. <laughs> we'd have proper arguments. It was weird. But um, oh, That sounds great. And, but you're right, and Indian probably is the one that keeps the best in the fridge overnight too. Yeah, if you think about it, like pizza, not that good on delivery. But people say not that good on delivery. No, I not mean, that good on delivery. It's not that bad. It's not bad the next day if it's well That's kept. That's what people say, but I don't know if I agree. I don't Because I don't really like eating cold pizza. If there's a, if there's a way to heat pizza up, I'm going to heat heaven. it up. Well, I don't think microwaving pizza is the answer. It makes it soggy. You want it fresh. I want it crispy, yeah. I'm not a big cold pizza guy. Nah, cold cheese on a pizza is shit. It's a bit harder. Hard. Yeah. Not into it. Yeah, some people are. It's weird. Yeah, well, not us, Minga. No. We're into Indian. Maybe... Maybe Pakistani. Is there a Pakistan restaurant? I have never, ever heard of a Pakistan re- re- a Pakistani restaurant. Uh, surely there's one in Melbourne. Tish, is there one up here that we could potentially no go way. to? Oh, actually, check if there's one around here. Yeah. There wouldn't be. Yeah. Do, there's no culture around here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. You're well, there's, probably right. Yeah. But, but check anyway, because I would love to go. I'll drive it. I'll drive an hour. Yeah, it's just coming up with all the tw- um, the Indian restaurants. No. So. So there's nothing. There's no Pakistan restaurant. What about in anywhere in Australia? Have you um? What about this AFL umpire? Yeah, there's heaps in Sydney. Really. Mm-hmm. Ten best ten Pakistani restaurants. Sure, there's one like within fifty k's of us here. Yeah. Not oh, there's some in Brisbane, oh. that's, but that's not 50 k's. Shit. Really? Save that tab. Um, Would you do it? Yes, definitely. Oh, oh yeah, Upper Mount Cravat. It's called Barbecue Tonight. Oh, yeah, Upper Mount Cravat. Where's that? I know Brisbane. where it is. Far? No, not not too far. Um, so, yeah, th- this AFL umpire, the one that's got... Um, Charged for, what would you even call that with the, what would you call that? The um, brown low vote leaking maybe? It's a weird one, isn't it? Because it's at the most heavily, I'd say it's the most heavily betted thing in footy is the brown low. You think so? 
And the craziest part is you can bet on games that have happened that the votes have been voted on during the year. Like yeah, so, so yeah. you're betting on a game in round eight at the end of the season. That game's happened and three people know who got the votes that game. I'm just surprised. It probably has happened forever. And so you can bet on that after that round. Yep. You can bet on who got votes in which rounds. So they're just asking for trouble. There's so many different bets you can put on. It is crazy. And that's the kind of bets, because I didn't quite understand that when I was reading it. That's the kind of bets that they were um, yeah. alerted by. Yeah, it's, those it's round particular bets. games. I think, I think in the article it said three games or something like that. Yeah. Three particular games. Um, but don't you just find that crazy? Even the winner of the Brownlow, every year the umpires would have a pretty good idea who's getting all the votes. It's kind of crazy. It's not like any other thing, is it? Yeah. It's where, where the result has happened and people know the result. Yeah, it's like it's crazy. It's like that betting they, on a TV show that's, do, already hap- that's already been filmed. What do you think is going to happen? What do they actually think is going to happen? So they're suggesting that the Brownlow gets taken off the umpires? Yeah. And that is given a, to someone which, else, which can makes, leak it. still makes no sense. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> They're talking about a panel that just makes no sense. I, well, have, I think the NRL, right? They had the same problem, and a guy got charged. Um, what did you say? The um, did you say it was like a ten-year sentence? It can be a ten-year sentence for that sort of thing. Maximum ten year. Yeah. Do they say what the charge is? No, I didn't say it in this article. I found. Maximum 10 years for robbing a bookmaker. How? Because the NRL have um, stopped betting on it now since their um, scandal with it or whatever you want to call it. But it's probably what's going to happen in the AFL. The, the crazy thing I find about this is how like well protected these bookmaking um, companies are. Like there's units, like investigation units apparently yeah, that are there to look into this kind of stuff because somebody's getting the better of a bookie that robs everybody else in the country all year round. That's true. I understand you can't be, I mean, you, you, you it's can't just be. One, it's just one back for the people. It's the way I kind of look at it. Yeah, and you know what, the way I look at it, Minga, if I was an umpire... And I gave votes, and those votes could give someone information to win money. You're probably doing it, aren't you? Yeah. Before any of these guys got caught, yeah, you're doing it. It's, it surely has been happening for ages. Mm. Like I'd tell my mate's mate who I don't know, boy, I just gave three votes to Scott Pendlebury mm. in round ten. Chuck a couple hundred on it. Well, yeah, I, do, it, do it with ten different people. I'd I'd do it over Wicker, or Signal, or one of those things, or I'd get or I'd get I'd go around to one of a uh, uh, mate's house. Or actually, I'd or would you just hop on a random train and just find someone? I think that'd be the go. I think you get on it. You get on a train. You find someone that, or you we might even have to talk to a bunch of people before you find the right one. But you find someone that you are not linked with, so they can't link you to them. Tell them you're an umpire and you've got this proposition. 
then you maybe put your f- maybe uh maybe don't invite them around and stuff with phones and maybe, I don't know. Do you go to the TAB Minga and they, do you speak oh, to someone that's still using pens no, and paper? Yeah, you could probably find them at a TAB, but I think when you find them, then you organise to meet at a, a a pub or a bathroom, and then you go into the bath. You say, "Oh, leave your phone outside or whatever." Go into the bathroom, turn on the hand dryer, stand with your hands over the hand dryer. And then talk about it in there while the um, hand dryer is going. That's the only way you ever talk about it. Like phones nowhere near you. Both of you standing at the Dyson hand dryers with your hands in there and talking about it then. You've really thought about this, Minga. What's it in for you though? If you're the umpire and that's a random person, you got a you get a you get a cut. You get a clip. Oh, okay. In cash. Handed to you in a in some sort of duffel bag. At the hand dryers. There's so many things, so many factors mingle into betting scandals. You know, like, I've had mates play footy, better, you know, AFL, and I haven't put them under pressure and asked too many questions or anything like that. But how easily could I have asked who's playing in what position? If there's a backman that's going to start forward this week, his odds are probably going to be... 60 bucks to kick the first goal, but they're going to start him forward for the first time ever, you know, and he's a huge chance to kick the first goal. There's just so many things like that that surely take place. Hasn't that happened? I feel like that's happened. Yeah, it's happened. Nick Maxwell, I think Nick Maxwell, who used to captain Collingwood, did something similar, like was going to, he's a backman who was going to start forward. There was some sort of thing about that. Um but those sort of things are just pretty easy, I think, and pretty flawless. Yeah, there was one in the NRL uh, with a penalty goal to be the first point to the match, and they set it up so I can't remember who it was, but they'd set it up so that when they got a penalty in their attacking half, they'd take the shot for goal. Yeah, right. Yeah, that was a while ago. It rattled the system a little bit. So. It, you you give people those opportunities, they're going to take them. And I don't think – I think it's almost like, apart from like maybe bringing the game into disrepute a little bit, I think as far as like hurting the bookies go, that's a victimless crime. That is a victimless crime. You can hurt the game a bit, sure, but you're not – hurting the bookies is, a, is an absolutely victimless crime. Yeah, as long as you're not throwing a game or deliberately trying to lose. Yeah, that's probably okay, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I remember uh, like last week I was reading this little article where they were trying to smear this guy called James Krause. He's a ex-UFC fighter and now he's a pretty successful UFC coach and he has a podcast that's a little him and this guy that is like a professional gambler. They do their UFC plays and stuff like that on it. Anyway, this James Krause guy has a team of fighters that fight in the UFC and in other organizations. But recently one of his guys um, went into a fight with an injury and he probably had very little chance of winning the fight because of the injury. And they got suspicious about the betting on it because uh, like a day before the fight or something like that, tons of money came for the other guy. Yeah. And this article, I can't remember whatever dickheads were writing it, were like the w- the way they were talking about this James Krause guy and his gambling podcast 
calling him a notorious gambler and stuff like that. He's like a bit of a he's a bit of a legend of the sport with how much success he's had in um, coaching since um, retiring from fighting. Um, he's really knowledgeable and stuff too. Anyway, they were just like just trying to I don't know, just trying to like smear him completely over this podcast he's gambling, saying he had something to do with it leaking. Yeah, even if he did, man, I was just, I I was just thinking, who the fuck cares? Like about some bookmakers losing money. Yeah, he, that was never going to change the outcome of the fight. He was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As long as he it's wasn't, like, the guy wasn't going to deliberately go out and lose. No, the guy's which, fighting injured. It's like whatever. Who yeah. gives a shit about the bookmakers, man? And this article was we carrying still on get, like we still he was get like he was some kind of fucking criminal. Hey, we still want to get sponsored by by um someone. Oh yeah, 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 hundred <laughs> percent. Shout out we don't we don't hate bookies. <laughs> we just think robbing them is a victimless crime. It is a victimless crime, Mingo. Yeah. Um, do we want to bring out this Pat Cummins stuff, or do we want to just skip it about him being a greenie? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know much about I, it. I just so I just don't know how I feel about it. He's copping a lot of heat, Pat Cummins, off the Australian public for his outspoken. Greeniness. Um, so he's basically refusing to advertise Australian cricket's major sponsor, um, Alinta Energy, or their their parent company, Pioneer Sale Holdings, Minga. <laughs> <laughs> now, I don't really know how I feel about it. I, I don't really know if I care or not. Um, Care for what? Care that direction. he. I don't think I don't know if I care that he's making a stand and he's going against the sponsor, but the public backlash that he's copped for, sort of saying, I think the backlash is that they sponsor Australia. He gets paid by Australia, mm. and he's basically boycotting the major sponsor that's paying him. He's. He's standing up against an an, an earth rapist corporation, though, right? Yep. They're, they're sticking their dick right into the core of the earth and sucking the life out of it. Yep. They're also providing the power that we're using to record this podcast. <laughs> Who, is that our energy provider, Tish? I think so, yeah. Okay. <laughs> So we're we're earth raping as well. Yeah. Okay. That's uh that throws a spanner in the works. Maybe that's just the way that's just the way the world's going at the moment. People are more outspoken about their you know, beliefs and they're happy to make stands. I don't know. Maybe it's a good thing. I think it's totally fine. Yeah. But I am a little bit off Pat Cummins and I'm shattered that I don't fully love him because, you know, back in the day, I was always told by my dad, Australian cricket captain's the most important role in our country and it stands above the Prime Minister. (laughs) (laughs) And to not, like, adore our captain kind of sucks. And he lost a bit of respect from me, Minga, when when Warney died 
probably the most iconic Australian cricketer, maybe other than Bradman, to ever live. The next day, so he's the captain of our country, right? So if anyone's going to speak on behalf of the players in this time of this, that weird time of when Warney died, mm. it's Pat Cummins. And the next day he put up a selfie on Instagram or something and he was like sitting in it. He was sitting somewhere smiling with this, with like they had taken a f- photo and put it. I don't care if he's smiling. He can do what he wants. But I just found it a little bit weird that he put it on social media and it kind of annoyed me. Well, if, if you could um – Okay, what am I trying to say? What Prime Minister would you consider to be similar to him in his role as Australian cricket captain? Which is, like you said, some people's Prime Minister. What Prime Minister at the moment is like kind of him to you? Skymo. He's not that bad, is he? They're all pretty bad. Yeah, Minga, I've just lost. I've just, I just lost a bit of respect for him in that, and I just wanted him to be. I don't know. I feel like I needed him in that moment because I loved Warney, and I was hurting Minga. So there was no Warney uh, appreciation post posted. It was just. Oh, a I don't know if there was an appreciation. Post. He did like a token video thing. I think they were. I think Australia were touring, maybe the UAE at the time. He, so they weren't in Australia, and he did like a little video thing in his room. But just seemed a bit staged and a little bit insincere, and I just didn't love it. And then there was the post thing. He must have been coming home from that tour. It might have been a few days later, mm-hmm. and it was a self, and it just it just seemed a little bit. What's the word? Is it tone deaf? In in. Can I say insensitive? Yeah. Can I say this though? What about if he didn't really have much of a relationship with Warney, and it, and what even if Warney may have criticised him when he was coming up, you you don't know. Like he might not have had. He didn't, and Warney was heavily involved in cricket when he died. Warney was commentating. He was everywhere in cricket. He was yeah. like the biggest off-field figure, probably. And outspoken and So there's no possibility of any of the current players not actually really liking him that much. Some of them might not have loved him. Like Warney, for example, used to be really hard on Mitch Stark. But I thought it was rightly so. And if anyone's got credits in the bank and anyone's got a, like an opinion that's worth listening to, it probably is Warney. So if Warney's giving you feedback or criticism, I'd be copping that on the chin and probably doing what he's saying because his cricket brain was second to none. Um, but yeah, and Pat Cummins, Australian cricket captain, he's, he would have had a relationship with Warney. He would have had to have had a relationship with Warney at some level. And even if he didn't, every single person in Australia knows who Shane Warne is, even people that don't know cricket. The one name you're going to know is Shane Warne. So it wasn't like he was just a past player that Cummins might have had nothing to do with. I don't know. I just it, it annoyed me a lot. This whole energy saga hasn't really sort of affected me, changed my views. But, yeah, it's, it's sort of strange that everyone's just... Sounds like you've made up your mind before the energy I, saga. I'm a little bit fired up thinking about the whole warning thing. God. 
Still rattled by it. Still <laughs> rattled by Warty not being around. You should read his book. Mingo, I've watched so many Warnie docos. <laughs> read a book, Mingo. <laughs> I need to as well. Um, so, have you watched any of the rugby league? Um, I watched the last 15 minutes of the um, Australia-New Zealand semi. Um, and I saw... It's a pretty, it was a pretty frantic finish, wasn't it, Mingo? New Zealand kind of dominated. They had that try where they... Where it wasn't allowed because he, he was out of bounds when he lunged yeah. over the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Saw those... It wasn't even close. Latrell Mitchell um, marks near the line. And he did a really good tackle. Yeah. Probably under a lot of pressure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I did ask you if they were allowed to have a shot at goal, like a kick, because I couldn't work out why they weren't having a ping from like 20 metres out. Yeah. Um, and I was told they need to have a penalty. Well, you can you can do a drop goal, but... Um, like, so you can one, do a drop goal in play? Yeah, but it's one point. It's, it's one not point. like Union where yeah, it's okay. three. Yep. And you can, if you, but they've... Got a rule where if you do it by outside, from outside the 40 metres, it's two. But it's a bit of a ridiculous thing to do unless you kind of need to. But, yeah, it was a it was So a was it not worth game. them having a ping from 40 for the two points that would have drawn level? No, it's probably easier for them to – it's probably a higher percentage play to get down the field more and try and score or get closer to their, uh, to the try line and then possibly get a penalty down there. What is kicking it from 40 a hard kick? Very rare. Yeah. Due to frontal pressure or just kicking a drop it's kick a, that It's far? a big drop goal. Yeah, okay. And also, there's a, there's a lot of pressure. It's hard to hit drop goals. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a, lo- it's a, it's a long one. It's, it's not – it doesn't happen often. Every time I watch that game, I just feel like – and I, I'm obviously wrong because it's, it's been played for so long and they'd know how to do it. But I just feel like they don't – they should kick the ball more into space, get length, kick wide, kick high, let someone run, it, run onto it. Yeah, no, I, like I, I think I think um, there is – there's usually guys, the fullback will drop back or sometimes the, the wingers drop back during different um, uh, parts of the set. So they usually cover that sort of thing. They do do it a little bit if, if it's open. But where I think you're right there, that, and I've thought about this for ages, is if they could have – a winger with the skills of an AFL player to mark the ball above the head. Yeah. Contested. And to kick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. And a half, they do have halves that can kick really well. But even like just, you know, just narrow it in even more to hit that sort of shot like they would with like an AFL player on the lead, but more like a darting, you know, just at the right height where it's like not high enough for them to all get set under the ball, the defence, yeah, and just come across and leap and take it above the head. Like I reckon that could be really effective if they could execute it really well. But it's not. But has it not been explored? Or has it been explored and failed? No, they do. There's there's wingers in the game, um, and this is like more of a recent sort of thing to happen in rugby league. Not like super recent, but. It wasn't like the way they were doing it back in the day. So like tall athletic wingers that can catch the ball. So they put kicks across the field 
um, like sort of on the try line or and that and try and get them to contest for it. But they put them kind of high. So they give – a lot of the time they put them high. So they give the defence time to get back and get under it. And it makes it, you know – I feel like if they timed it better and, just, and, it, was, and it was just executed better – it'd be like a higher percentage to hit those, you know, and it's, and not if the, and I think the higher like that they kind of kick it, the more likely it is to be too contested, you know? Yeah. And is that what Izzy Flau used to sort of do? Yeah, he was really good at it. Because yeah, I feel like that's half the reason he got drafted. He, might, he may have even been like the guy who kind of changed it a bit. Yeah, okay. Just makes sense to me, you know, get a good kicker, get someone that can run a mark. Yeah. That can mark better than the defenders. Yeah, but the other thing is they've got to be they've got to be like you can't just be good at that because you won't you won't be able to keep up with the rest of them. Yeah, you know, isn't that Sabi Sab? Yeah, there's yeah, but and but even he's not that good at it. But yeah, like there's guys like you know that are real quick and they're on the wing and they can catch the ball fairly well. But you got to you got to be sort of the full package to make it at that level. You know, when you kick a ball. Does it have to be a drop kick in play or can you kick a drop punt? Like, can does the ball have to touch the ground before it hits your foot? Nah, that's a drop goal. So they could do banana kicks. They could they could swing the ball by foot if they, they could do all that. They could do all those kicks. Yeah. But you've got, um, you've got a bunch of players there waiting to defend it and there's not as much space as AFL. So you'd have to you'll have to you'll have to just watch more games to try and work out. Yeah, there's a lot of it that wouldn't it wouldn't work, but there's some things that might. I'm not claiming to have cracked the Da Vinci Code. Well, I'm not saying you haven't, <laughs> <laughs> but just watch it a bit more. Um, so what's the go? So also yeah, did you watch any of the other game, England and Samoa? No, that was a really good game. Samoa beating. Oh, is that the one everyone was saying was way better than the Australia? Yeah, yeah, way better. Um, so it's Samoa versus Australia in the final, and uh, should be pretty good. But have we played them through the series? Nah, England beat them by sixty points in the first game. Then they beat England oh, that's in that right. game. Yep, yep. Well, I think I think Australia kind of just gels for this one, and I think Samoa will be pretty competitive for the first half. Um, but Australia's just got too much talent. We'll just get over the top of them in the second. How many Aussies are in their team? In the Samoan team? Yep. Uh, I'm not sure what sort of percentage of them were born in Australia. Probably a few of them, but they're all they're all very Samoan. Uh, even I think there's one of the guys in the Aussie team that could have played for them as well. Yeah, there's some of them that like they could have chosen to play for Australia. It's we were speaking about it the other week. It's better that they're playing for the you know Islanders. Uh, teams like Tonga and Samoa than yeah. everybody trying to get into Australia. It just makes it more interesting. Oh, what Something I found interesting is my mate Declan, who isn't, I don't know, I work with him, so he refuses to listen to the podcast because he hears my voice enough. Yeah, fair enough. He is obsessed with, he's a Roosters guy. Yeah. Um, I think he's his uncle. Have I told you this? The, the immortal uncle or great uncle yeah, or something? Yeah, you did, yeah. Can't remember his first name, but he's a brown. Anyway, yeah. Roosters. So he's a he's a one-eyed Roosters fan. And he's obsessed with that Tedesco. Yeah. Well, did did that game Australia-New Zealand have th- three fullbacks f- on the Roosters list? 
playing? Two, two for Australia. No, two, two, two of them. Tedesco and Joey Manu both play for the Roosters, but Tedesco's the fullback at the Roosters. Yep. Joseph Suwali from Samoa plays for plays fullback for Samoa, and he plays wing for the Roosters. But they're all fullbacks. Oh, so in this final there'll be three. In this final there'll be two again. Joey Manu played for New Zealand, so he's out. Oh, I'm with you. But the Roosters are I pretty. Thought he was taking us three in one game. I thought it was crazy. No, the the um, the Roosters are pretty stacked. Uh, I I've I reckon they'll win next year in the NRL. I reckon they can beat Penrith. I'm sure Declan thinks that as well. He would, for sure. Roosters supporter. But yeah, that game's on at uh, three a.m. Sunday. So will you be getting up for that? Um. Are you? Yeah. No, nah, nah. <laughs> I'll be I'll be turning off my phone and watching the replay at probably six AM or something. The old the old phone turn off. I respect that, Minga. Well you gotta. If you're gonna watch replays, you have to. Oh, I can't do it. I can't watch a replay knowing that the results happened. Just don't have that in me. Yeah, I neither I I hate that. That's why I can't. I can't see it. Nothing annoys me more than when I haven't watched something and somebody sends me. Um, the result or it pops yeah, up in mean, like a group but chat. But I mean, I don't have the patience to like, I don't have the patience to, I can't watch a game knowing that there's already been a result. I could never turn my phone off, wait five hours and then watch a game or a fight or whatever, knowing that there is a result out there and it's in. Well, you can, you're saying you can't do it. Even if you don't know the result, yeah, you just I know can't it's do it even if I know it's that's fucked. I know, I know. <laughs> All right, so the UFC, um, that was a great card. It was so good, wasn't it? It's unbelievable. What uh, what was your favorite fight? Probably the easy Palatine fight. That was good. It was really good, wasn't it? Yeah, I rewatched it. It was almost better the second time just, without the atmosphere. Yeah, it was so good. Um, Chandler, Dustin was sick. Um, as expected, wasn't it? It, was, it pretty much went to script other than the we're, finish. We're pretty spot on with um, our predictions over that whole card. I actually did that five-leg multi and only Reyes get, getting put stiff cost me well, which was the first league, which is, I guess, that's good. I told you though, you can't, um, you can't go more than three legs in the UFC. It's too hard to hit. Yeah, well, I went, I went large. Five legs is ambitious. But yeah, what uh, what was another one? Hooker and uh, and what's his name? Puales or something? Yeah, the weird, the weird ass bloody leg lock. He thing. really looks like he didn't want to be in there. He kind of went for went for his leg lock, and then he was like, "Oh, this isn't working. I'm just gonna kind of quit." How weird was it? Yeah, and the ref actually stopped him earlier than he should have because the ref saw that he didn't want to be in there. So he was like, "I'm not gonna let this guy embarrass himself anymore," and just stopped it on like a front kick to the midsection. Have you seen an uglier, weirder strategy? I've seen that strategy a bunch of times. Just where they just drop and try to trip them with their legs and hold them. Yeah, leg lock guys. There's a there's been a bunch of them in the UFC over the years, but you know it can kind of turn into that if they're not if they're not getting what you know their way. But I mean, would have been shit for Hooker to lose like that, wouldn't it? Yeah, but he did really well, and apparently he's real primed for that fight. I'm glad he got the win. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, I like him. 
he was he was a class above, and he'd been fighting, you know, the top of that division. So it's like it's that I, I guess in hindsight, even though we bet on Hooker, it was never really going to be a problem for him beating that guy. <laughs> and what about Wei Li? The shoe in. Yeah, another one like just. How fucked was that? How was that a title fight? Well, because that Carla Esparza chick had the title. I know she had the title, but I just. From, from the most, the worst UFC fight of all time against Rose. It was just phenomenal that Wei Lee was the challenger and it, the fight went the way it went. It was the most one sided. It was just the biggest mismatch of all time, wasn't it? Well. Yeah, I think to just the just like stylistically, Wei Li was just always gonna, you know, just run right through her in every aspect, though. Yeah, because I think with Rose, it was like, and Carla, it was like she was worried about the takedowns, and so that stopped her from kind of initiating, you know, any sort of striking. And then with Wei Li, she wasn't going to be worried about Carla's grappling, so she just went for it. She's and she was her. always going to go straight through her. That was easy money. But Poetan, like when when I watched that fight back again, just he, it was, it was like a bit of a comeback, to be honest. Yeah, like it was. But he, it was is what we were saying, Minga. We were saying last yeah. week that the whole fight's going to be intense and scary, no matter how it's going, because in the fifth round, Poetan's just got to get him, yeah, and he'll fuck him up, and he did. And I was saying to you too, it's um. Every fight of theirs is going to be the same. It's going to be, is he winning it until Poltan lands his hit, um, you know, lands his shot, and then it's over. Who, like, yeah. Who Who's the better fighter, Minga? Who do you say is the better fighter? Depends what you, like, what do you, what do you consider better, though? Who's better? Poltan, because he's beaten him three times. Yeah. <laughs> But you could also say Izzy. Yeah. Because he's winning those fights until he's not. So you know? yeah, it's But you gotta go you gotta go on the results and he's the guy that's won three times and knocked him out twice, essentially. <laughs> How weird was it seeing Izzy getting sparked, like just getting his head getting hit like that. It's just something we've never seen before. It's yeah, I loved it. But they're <laughs> gonna fight again straight away. I hope they do, and Izzy deserves the rematch if he wants it. He'll get a rematch. I think he I think he probably deserves it. He deserves it. He deserves it more for me on the... I mean, he's defended it for that long, so he deserves it. But he deserves it more for me because I feel like he probably could have been let taken a couple more shots in that. Yeah. I'm not saying it was an early stoppage because he was... Poetan hits real hard. Like, one more and he could have been just fucked, you know? Yeah. But he, you know... So, so Izzy came out saying he would have liked to go out on his shield, but he also said that his corner, I think, reassured him that it wasn't an early yeah, stoppage. Yeah, and so. he knows. He knows too. He's He's been saying a lot of stuff since, but he knows if he took if he took one more, which he was going to, he would have been out. Yeah, there's literally a photo of the ref coming in, stopping him, and Poetan's left hand's clenched yeah. and cocked. <laughs> yeah. Ready to throw one. Yeah, he could have been a lot so, uglier. So was he 20 pounds heavier than Izzy in the fight? Was it something like that? He would have been. I think because it was. I know, I know that his fight against, um, before that, Strickland, I think, um, when he weighed in after, when they weighed in on the fight day, he was 200 and 
210 or 220 pounds. Yeah, that's what he was in this one. Which is like 35, 40 pounds that he's cut. So it's, yeah, he cuts a lot of weight. He's a, he must be a master at it though to be able to get in there and just f- and still have fight like that for five rounds. Not show any signs of like the weight cut hurting him. I, I can't remember looking at a scarier guy in a fight or just like between rounds or even just the walkout than Poetan. Yeah. Don't you just reckon he just looks like he could just knock you out at any stage? Yeah, he's a scary dude. But he's going to have a lot of trouble with um, a lot of guys in that division if he can beat Izzy again. Well, they're saying, seen a few like memes and things saying congrats to Whitaker for being a new... Yeah. Middleweight champion. It's a, it's still a tough fight for Rob. It's a tough fight for all of them. It's a tough fight for anyone. Anyone can, can get hit by Poltan. He's probably the least likely to get hit by him. Yeah, definitely. Um, But yeah, it'd be sick if Rob fights him. It'd yeah. also be cool because if Rob fights him before Izzy, which he probably won't, will he? But if he did and won, then Izzy would that, – that means Rob would probably get another chance at Izzy. And that'd also be sick. Yeah. I don't know if I want to see it again, though, after the way the last two are gone. Surely if Rob fights Izzy again, he has a crack. Yeah, I thought he had it. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. A we'll lot to happen between that and now. And what about, we spoke about Stokes having a bit of dog in him, but how much dog does Dustin have? Yeah, Dustin's Dustin's good. He was. I, I had a feeling he was just going to be too good for Chandler. Chandler's always going to put on those fights, but he's not, I mean, he's not, He's not like a championship level guy, you know? Is Dustin the most fighter's fighter there is? I think so. Yeah, you get like footballers, footballers. Yeah. The universally loved and respected and just, is he that guy? Yeah, I think that's fair to say, for sure. Now, Mingi, you, did you want to talk about this uh, basketball player? Yeah, so I don't know when the video came out. I saw it yesterday. Melbourne United basketball player Isaac Humphreys um, coming out with his sexuality on – it was in a team meeting and it's filmed and and stuff and I thought it was so good. I showed you before. Yeah, it's a lovely video. It's awesome. We're going to try and – well, we're not going to try. You're going to cut it in here. I think it's a two two to three-minute clip. Um. Uh, look, this is going to be probably one of the hardest conversations I've ever had in my life, but life's about doing hard things and learning from them and making a difference through those hard times. So bear with me, um, but I have some things I want to fill you in on and let you know about myself and, and my future. A few years ago, I fell into a very dark place, a very lonely place. I couldn't be who I am and, and I attempted to take my life. And the main reason behind me becoming so low and, and being in that point is because I was very much struggling with my sexuality and coming to terms with the fact that I'm gay. And. I hated it about myself. I was disgusted at myself. I thought that I could not be that person within our environment, within a basketball environment. And it wasn't until I was in a community that's full of pride and happiness and joy 
and it was a big wake-up call for me. But then came the big, you know, question mark of how do I be a basketball player and how do I join a new team when I've finally come to terms with this about myself and I don't want to hide who I am anymore. I decided that if I'm going to join a team that I'm going to come out publicly and just just make sure people know sorry, that you can, you can live and you don't have to hide just because you're an athlete. But I do want to say, you know, like we as athletes, as professional athletes, we have a responsibility to set examples for people. And the truth is there are so many people in other worlds that are struggling every single day and don't know how to get up don't know how to exist and I know how that feels and I want to represent those people. That's my goal behind this, uh, make sure people know that you can be whatever you want, no matter who you are or what you do. You can be big ice and be gay and you can still be a great basketball player and be gay, you can do whatever you want, it has nothing to do with your sexuality or who, who you are or who you're meant to be or who you're expected to be. I just want to I just want to be myself. I've discovered this is my purpose in life and I'm going to give it my best go. Jeez, it's courageous to come out and do that. It shouldn't be courageous, but it is. And hopefully it's the norm one day and it's or it's not even a, it's not even a big deal, but this guy's probably done something real significant I think in sport and I'm surprised it hasn't happened more yet but it must be just a really hard thing to do but hats off to him not one person would think every it would just be the most positive outcome ever and it no one would say or think one negative thing about it you know yeah it's pretty it's a it's a pretty beautiful video and it's good I think I think you might See, like, a lot more of that sort of happening now. Yeah, well, he even says in the video, you know, he wants to pave the way a little bit. Hopefully it does. Hopefully some AFL players come out. You know, it's just when the role models and the sporting stars and, and those sorts of people do that, those sorts of things, surely that's something that would pave the way. Yeah. Let's just hope, Minga. We hope so, Minga. Anyway... We stand behind our gay athletes. We stand behind Imran Khan. Jeez, we stand behind Imran. Tish, <laughs> can we just check if he's what sort of condition he's in, please? I think he's recovering. He just had some leg injury. Is he in hospital? I think he's out of hospital. He's back. He's back marching the streets. <laughs> oh, fuck. That's what I heard. How good is he? He's the best. Anyway, this has been the corner of the round table. Thanks for listening.